This episode of Biscuits and Jam is presented by Boar's Head. This episode includes mentions of suicide. If you or someone you know may be having thoughts of suicide, please consider reaching out to a suicide or crisis lifeline. In the United States, you can dial 988 for help. Welcome to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm your host, Sid Evans. And today I'm talking to someone whose music has been a part of our lives for more than 40 years. Winona Judd was one half of one of the most successful duos in country music history, and she's also been plenty successful out on her own. She was last on the show nearly three years ago, back during the height of the pandemic, and a lot has happened since then. On April 30th, 2022, the day before the Judds were inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame, she lost her mother, Naomi, to suicide, an event that upended her life and shook the world of country to its core. But Winona is back on her feet now, and she's dealt with the emotional turmoil of that event by reconnecting with her fans and focusing on her music. We'll talk about all that, her new life as a grandmother, and how she's not only coping, but making the most out of every day on this week's Biscuits and Jam. Well, Winona, welcome back to Biscuits and Jam. Mm -hmm. I love me some biscuits and jam. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think we talked about that the last time that you were on. And, you know, the last time I talked to you, mm-hmm. it was in the middle of the pandemic in the mm-hmm. fall of 2020. Things were not looking good for anybody. Mm-hmm. And you were spending a lot of time on the farm. And I'm just wondering, when you look back on that time now, what did that mean to you? Intimacy with the fans because I literally picked up the phone and just started calling people, doing Zooms. We did a Friday night sort of podcast musical concert for the fans for free. It just got real, real fast. Started cooking the three meals a day and literally walking the land and just crying out to God and asking why. And so many things came from that time. It's an interesting paradox. I remember you told me that you were picking up the phone and calling your neighbor, Mm -hmm. Loretta, Mm -hmm. back then, reaching out to her. It's an interesting thing, and I'm careful to not say too much about my personal experience because there were some real personal me and God moments where I realized I started a new career. Songs came from that time. So even though it was a shutdown time for so many of us in the music business, especially It was a time of rebirth. In death, there is life, in other words. And I found myself able to be renewed in my spirit because I had so much time to spend by myself and with God, and it got down to an audience of one. So it gets real, real fast, right? Yeah, yeah, sure does. And it just became a time for me to renew my faith and my priorities changed, spending less time on social media and more time with family when I could, and just appreciating every single spoonful of tomato paste in my pantry and knowing that we got down to literally every roll of toilet paper. And I started cutting things in half, like paper towels, getting down to one bar of soap. I mean, it got really down to the nitty gritty, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Winona, it's been about a year and a half now since you lost Mm -hmm. your mom, Naomi. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to say I'm sorry for your loss. I know you've heard that a lot of times from a lot of people. But I hope that the response that you've gotten from the world and from your fans has given you some kind of solace or comfort. Mm -hmm. I'm closer to my fans than I've ever been. It's an interesting time. Being an orphan, you realize, okay, I am alone in the world without parents kind of thing. And then the flip side of that is I go to the airport and more people come up to me from all walks of life, not just country music listeners, but just the guy who says to me, I don't listen really to country music, but I know your story and I know your family. And I want you to know that I see you and I appreciate you. And I have been healed through a very difficult time because of the love and support. Absolutely. The tour was in itself a remarkable experience because I don't know how I got through it. But with the help of the fans, I did. Yeah. I want to tell you something that you said to me the last time we talked. You said something like, every woman that I talk to from the South has this innate ability to look outside and see something good, whether it's a garden or trees or just nature, and that that can help them get through grief. Mm-hmm. Does that sound familiar to you? And yes. does that still ring true? It does. And it's a mountain thing coming from Kentucky. We just have this innate ability to be strong because we know that even though I lose a cat in the afternoon, I go and feed the rest of the 20 cats that I have at night. You just go to the next right thing, if that makes sense. And you look outside and you see something that reminds you that there's hope. A bird will land on the fence. One of the animals will cry out in joy. I have these miniature donkeys, and all of a sudden, they'll just make noises that make you laugh. And you realize there's still breath. I'm still able to take a deep breath, and I'm still here on this earth, and there's something else to be done. And women just know that. We know that there's going to be something else to be done. (laughs) That's just never going to stop. Well, and there's always something to be done on that farm of yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> there's always somebody that needs to be fed, right? Mm-hmm. Messes to clean up and people to make supper for. And just, I get my granddaughter today at one o'clock and I've already got her crib ready for her nap and macaroni and cheese in the refrigerator. <laughs> that's great. I want to ask you about her in a minute. But that's just wonderful. And congrats on being a grandmother. Mm-hmm. Winona, I've heard you talk about your faith and your relationship with God. And I'm wondering how you've had to lean on that, especially in the last 18 months. Hmm. Well, I have something that I started doing that's new. I take my thumb and I press it to my first finger and I say, my peace begins with me. And I tap a lot. And I continue to do that because... The highs are high and the lows are low. And I'll be honest, there are moments when I'm just like, oh, God, please help me. I say that a lot throughout the day. And I tap my finger together with my first finger, my thumb and my first finger to remind myself I'm responsible for myself. There's nothing I can do about anything else in this life. I have no control. But I do have peace because I choose to have peace. And that's an ongoing thing for me. Yeah. I want to ask you about the church when you were growing up. I mean, was the church a big part of your life in Kentucky? Was it a big part of your mom's life? 
Yes. I was raised in a strict environment. Mother was both a perfectionist and she liked things very orderly and neat. And she raised us in that strict kind of motherly instruction. And so I was raised by a perfectionist, you know, someone who said, do it again, do it again, do it again. I did a whole chapter in my book that I wrote about what it was like to grow up with Naomi Judd being a parent. And she raised two champions. And yet there's a cost to that. You know, I never felt like it was good enough. So I have a balance between perfectionism and the reality of I'm human and my best is good enough. And so I struggle with that because the church was very strict as well. And I ran from God at 17 and tried to take my life. And months later, I got a record deal. So there goes that idea of being a victim of sadness. And I turned it into purpose. So I went from pain to purpose because of the church. And it helped me realize that it's not about the church building, it's about the faith and the relationship instead of religion. Yeah. What would a regular Sunday service have looked like back in Kentucky? I mean, is there a particular building that you kind of Mm -hmm. picture in your mind? Well, I have a kind of a funny story and I talk about it here and there because people laugh at me a lot because I am quite the jokester in my family. My papa, Simonella, was Catholic, so I went to a Catholic church. My grandmother, Simonella, was a Methodist, so I went to a Methodist church. My uncle Mark is a Baptist preacher, so I went to the Southern Baptist church. And then my mom, Ashley, and I lived on a mountaintop in Kentucky, and we went to a Holy Roller church where they handled snakes. Oh, boy. (laughs) So I have quite an education in the church. And my favorite memory is of being in the church when people were running the aisles. I just thought that that was wacky. And to this day, I'm Pentecostal because of it, because I just love the idea of running and screaming. (laughs) So I just have these funny stories about the church because we were all over the place, right? One day it was Catholic, the next day it was, you know, Jesus died for your sins. What have you done for him lately? You got a real mixed bag. Yeah, I did. I got a real mixed bag, and I think it's helped me with my music. I mean, I, I'm i trying to picture the snake handling. Mm-hmm. And is it the minister that is handling the snakes? Is there? It's the people in the pews. Okay. I just remember that part. I just remember the preacher preaching and the people handling, and me standing <laughs> there with my mouth open going, what in the world has my mother gotten me into today? <laughs> So in terms of the music, are there hymns that were especially meaningful to you? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That one. Mm -hmm. The notes to Amazing Grace are on my gate here at the farm. So there's that. Mm. You know, we talked a little bit about the holidays the last time. And this year you're doing a big two-hour event called Christmas at the Opry. Mm-hmm. What's been the best part about the process of putting that together? Trying to figure out what in the world I'm going to wear, I'll be honest. <laughs> the music comes easily, right? I know what to do there. But the rest of it is so funny because they're building sets around what I'm wearing. So I've had to be very organized. It's like planning a wedding. It's very much like that. That's how I feel. I feel like I'm planning a wedding and I'll get there and I'll sing from my toenails. That's the good part of it. Well, and I know your mom used to have lots of opinions about what you were going to (laughs) wear. 
Uh, yeah, I have PTSD because of all the fittings in the 80s and 90s of trying to figure out what in the freaking world am I going to wear to match her. <laughs> you and your mom did an album years ago called Christmas Time with the Judds. I think it was back in 1987. What were some of your favorite songs mm. to sing together? Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shining on. I just love Beautiful Star. I love Oh, Holy Night. That's one of my favorite experiences because my mamma was dying and I would go visit her and sing to her and then go in the studio and sing the songs. And she died right after I finished the album. So that is what I remember about that process. And during that time, I was losing the most important person in my life. And yet I was singing these beautiful Christmas songs. And it was, uh, again, very healing. You lost your grandmother right around that time? Mm-hmm. Sure did. And it was devastating. But that Christmas record is still, to this day, one of my favorite things I've ever done with Mom. Mm. After the break, I'll talk more with Winona Judd about her experience as a grandmother, her upcoming tour, and some new music she's working on. This episode of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living is presented by Boar's Head. Introducing Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Glazed Chicken, a new classic flavor available only from Boar's Head that brings the celebrated traditions, signature flavors, and iconic taste of sweet honey barbecue to your local deli. Inspired by famous barbecue joints and the aficionados who know the reward is worth the wait, comes an authentic experience that can only be from Boar's Head. Made with premium ingredients, This slow-roasted chicken is delightfully sweet with notes of honey and perfectly balanced with savory hints of hickory smoke. Honey drizzled and barbecue sizzled. Ask for freshly sliced Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Chicken during your next visit to the deli counter. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and today I'm talking with Country Music Hall of Famer Winona Judd. So you're a grandmother now yourself, which must be a little surreal. Mm-hmm. What does your granddaughter call you or what do you want to be called? Noni. My bonus grandchildren call me Noni. And so I've started to tell her I'm Noni. And if she wants to change it, that's fine. But she's only 17 months. So she's uh, calling me Noni now and it's the greatest sound on earth. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> It is. So when you think about Christmas as a grandmother, what do you want to be known for when it comes to Christmas? Or what do you want her experience of the holidays to be like? I'm turning into my mother. I'll be honest. One of my memories of mother is she used to take us out in the wilderness when we bought the farms. She had a farm right next to mine. We had a thousand acres. And she would take us out in the middle of the freaking forest, wilderness, And we would sit there with our candles, and she would read the Christmas story, and we would have to sit there. You know, I actually had to pee. I was cold. And we would sit there, and we would just let her ramble on because that's what mamas do. And we would go back to the house just frozen. And I'm going to do the same thing to my granddaughter. I'm going to make her go with me out in the woods. And I'm going to do crazy eccentric things like my mother did. She taught my son how to poop in the woods. She did really weird stuff like that, and, and they never forgot it. So I want to be remembered for doing the fun stuff that maybe her mom wouldn't let her do. Yeah. 
<laughs> that thrills me somehow. <laughs> the revenge is sweet. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about recent Christmases, how did y'all like to spend that time together? And how did you and your mom like to celebrate Christmas more recently? We had a thing because we worked so much. I'll be honest with you. We would come home oftentimes in the past really bankrupt. You know, we gave everything away and we would come home and just sleep. I would stay in my pajamas for literally a week after the tour and I would wear them in public because I was so exhausted. And we just started to say, okay, enough is enough. And we would have an amount that you could spend. And it had to be simple. We got down to the sweet and simple. It got down to food and fellowship and spending time, because that was mom's favorite thing, was spending time together, because Ashley and I are quite the travelers. And we would just sit around and be together, and she would make us watch movies and do things that she wanted to do, and that was her favorite thing, is to boss us around. So spending time, I think that's what we need, less phone and more time face-to-face. Less face time and more face-to-face. What was one of her favorite movies to watch? Anything corny, anything like Miracle (laughs) on 34th Street. I mean, whatever it was that was old-fashioned and take us back to when she was a kid. She loved all the corny stuff that everybody rolls their eyes at. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, is there really any other kind of Christmas movie than a corny one? No, not for me. I actually started to watch the Hallmark Channel last year, and so I think I've entered into a new club of people that sit around and watch Hallmark movies because that's what you do, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. So, Winona, you're about to head out on this tour that's called Back to Why, Mm -hmm. where you're going to play your first two solo albums song by song, which is so great. And these albums came out right after you and your mom took a break with the Juds. Mm -hmm. Why did it feel like the right time to do this tour Good question. And I don't have the answer to that, but I can tell you that we celebrate 40 years and it's time to sort of stop the car, look at the map, see where I'm going, because I'm working on a new record, but I want to really take this time to just stop everything and go, okay, I finished with the Judd's tour recently and I feel like that healed me through a really, really difficult transition And I got through that, and that was a miracle. Now I want to go back in time, take out the scrapbook, look at all the photos, talk about the memories, just like everybody else does, you know, and stop and say, thank you, Lord, for this time that I got through. And the fans believed in me more than I believed in myself. So it makes sense to celebrate it with the fans, and the fans are coming in droves. I'm getting a lot of messages from Girls who were there in 1984 joining the fan club, the very first one we had. Mm. I mean, come on, that's pretty spectacular. So I'm keenly aware of how there will be fans sitting in the front row who first heard She's His Only Need on the radio when it first came out. Well, I think your fans want to take out the scrapbook, too. Mm-hmm. But it's remarkable to me, looking at these albums, how timely and timeless these songs are. There's a song on your first album that's called It's Never Easy to Say Goodbye. Mm -hmm. I think people are going to just sort of fall apart when they hear that one. I agree. It's my job to make people cry. 
And I know that, and I take that on very responsibly and lovingly because I know that people are going to experience their emotions of what they were going through. Because let's face it, a lot of these people in the audience grew up with me, and they faced all their demons and blessings along with me. They watched me. They felt like they could see themselves in me because I was struggling to see if I could make it on my own. And they were there for me. They were literally carrying me. They're my guardian angels at times. And I tell them this now that mom's gone. They've become my family of choice. They really are my relatives. I love them. (laughs) And I look forward to seeing them. And they're in the audience with their t-shirts and their signs and their tears and their laughter through the songs. And I could feel it. Man, I could feel it on stage. It ain't easy ever say goodbye. It ain't easy letting go of the ones you love. But believe me, begin by and by. If not here, somewhere. Well, I think you also help them kind of stand up to what they're dealing with. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's another song on there, What It Takes, which I think is the first song on the album. So it'll be the mm-hmm. first one that you play. Right. And it has that line, I'm going to do just what it takes to keep a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. I just read an article that he just passed and all the songwriters are starting to leave us. And it's really crazy because it does remind me of how life is really fragile and yet... I'm strong, you know, in this moment, I can make it through. But yeah, I'm starting to really see that this music is the backdrop of everyday life. My song was playing in the background when there were births and deaths, people playing my songs at funerals and weddings. And I know that. And I've asked people to come up on stage and ask their wife to marry them. I've been a part of these people's lives now for 40 years. And I take that really responsibly and seriously because I'm part of their world So I can't wait to see what happens at these shows. It's probably going to be one big family reunion. You know, there's another great song. I could ask you about everyone on these albums, but I love this song, Girls with Guitars. (laughs) Because it seems like it was a little bit ahead of its time. I mean, there Mm -hmm. are a lot more Girls with Guitars now than Mm -hmm. there were then. It was written by Mary Chapin Carpenter, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. What drew you to that song and how did it end up on the album? Well, I started playing the guitar when I was eight years old, and I was known in my family to be the girl with the guitar. Everywhere I went, I had a guitar, and I was so convinced that I was going to be successful. I changed my name at age 12 to Winona. I was born Christina, and I changed my name because I knew that I needed a new name with my new guitar that I was going to buy when I got into show business And that's my story. So I was the girl with the guitar. And so that song meant a lot to me because that was my identity. It was part of me. And everywhere I went, I had my weapon of mass destruction. And I would take down anybody if they would listen. Well, 
you're going to have so much fun looking back on this tour, but you know, you're also looking forward. You said you're working on this new album, new music. What can you tell me about the new music? Well, I can give you a little snippet of one song I wrote after mom left and I was so brokenhearted I could barely catch a deep breath. And I'm serious. I had to go through some real instruction from vocal coaches and life coaches and grief counselors to breathe. That was my biggest challenge was to get enough breath to make it through the day because I was just so brokenhearted. And I sat down one day in the studio and Cactus is my producer, my husband, and we together wrote this song. This is me. I'm broken and blessed in this I am distressed, but I'm at the end of my rope, but I keep holding on. And then it goes into the chorus, which at the end it says, I'm somewhere between hell and hallelujah. Mm. And that's where I find myself a lot, I'll be honest, whether it's personally or professionally. Is this a hell moment or a hallelujah moment? And I think we all experience so many of them in the same day that it's like a ping pong game between good and evil. It's all happening at once, and you just got to look outside and see something good, and that's why I said what I said about that, because in this moment, I've got my granddaughter coming at one o'clock. I have what I need. I'm blessed. My heart is broken, but I'm still here, and I'm still able to sing, and I'm going to keep doing so until I can't anymore. Oh, that sounds beautiful, and I can't wait to hear the new music, and I know there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way. You know, Winona, you've always been someone who's lifted your audience up, and I think you've given them strength and confidence mm-hmm. and maybe a little toughness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that your audience and your fans have held you up over oh, the last wow. 18 months? Well, whatever shape I'm in, you know, I've been my best and my worst on stage many times. I've had experiences where On the Judd's tour, for instance, I could barely stand up and I had to get somebody to get a stool and let me sit down and sing. And I could just feel people loving me through that because it was a moment of weakness. Here I am on stage with all the sparkles and rhinestones, yet I could barely breathe to get through the song. And I had to stop and sit down and take a drink of water and just deep breathe. And they sat there and they just lifted me up through that because that was a moment when I needed support. And they were there, and they've always been there, and I know that. Winona, I've just got one more question for you. (laughs) What does it mean to you to be Southern? Ooh, I had an experience recently where I was talking to the woman who's helping me write my book, and she said, you know, you talk a lot about your faith, and let's talk about that. And we were talking about some of the challenges I face with my mental health and just staying as strong as I can be through all the distraction and the world and division and all that's happening. And she said, you know, you talk like a mountain woman, because I am a farmer. I have a new tractor, and I know how to use it. And I just have this strength. And she said, it's mountain. And I said, you know, I've never been told that before. I've never had someone say that I'm Kentucky Southern and I'm mountain because the mountain people do the next right thing. If they lose a livestock animal, they go and feed the rest of them that night. You know, we just keep on and we're ready to face the new day. Even though the day before was hell, we still look for the hallelujah. And I think it's because I am Southern that everywhere I go, even the toughest places in New York or California, 
I just have this sureness of myself because I know where I come from. And I come from this mountain life where we had nothing. We were on welfare and we had just enough to eat, barely. But we had our faith and we were strong. Well, Winona, it is great to see you. And I'm so happy to see you keeping on. And thanks for being back on Biscuits and Jam. Well, this has been one of my favorite interviews I've ever done, just saying. Um, (laughs) I'm serious. I love to talk about the faith, the food, the fellowship of music, and it's all connected. I'm working on a cookbook right now. My grandmother was a cook on a riverboat. She cooked for 40 men a night, and she passed down her recipes through my mother, and I'm doing the same now. And we just keep on keeping on. And I just love talking to you and doing this interview has been a blessing to me. Well, I hope you'll come back and talk about that cookbook. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. All right, my friend. Take care, Winona. Thank you, dear. You've been a blessing. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Winona Judd. Southern Living is based in Birmingham, Alabama. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And as always, we'd love your feedback. If you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuitsandjam. Our theme song is by Sean Watkins of Nickel Creek. I hope you'll join us next week for my conversation with a man who's not only won several James Beard Awards, but who actually met James Beard, the TV host and personality, Andrew Zimmern. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.